We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders, past, present and emerging. The Now in the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. Hello everyone, my name is Christina Rank. I'm the Peer Support Officer at Down Syndrome Queensland. In today's episode of the Now in the Future podcast, we'd like to introduce you to two ladies Tanya's interviewed from Carers Queensland. We have Kirsten Cusack, who is the Care Program Gateway Liaison Officer, and Claire Robinson, who is the Community Engagement Officer. Welcome, ladies. Thank Thank you so much for having us. We're very excited to have you here um, because I guess from our organisation's perspective, we work with carers, well, we see ourselves as working with carers every single day, but I'm very conscious that not all family members necessarily consider themselves as a carer. So hopefully we can have a little bit more of a chat about that today. But I wondered if you'd like to both just um, explain your roles first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to go first. So it's Kirsten here. Um, My role is a new role with Carers Queensland. So the role title is Carer Program Gateway Liaison Officer. So it is very long. um, But what the purpose of the role is, is to connect carers to supports available to them. So be that through Carers Queensland Carer Program or through a new support called the Carer Gateway. So I can help carers do referrals across to the Carer Gateway as well. Um, It's a new role, like I mentioned, since about June of this year, so 2021. um, Been identified as a really important role as carers need the supports, but often they don't know where to go to get that support. Mm, very much so hopefully you can give us lots of information about that today and Claire yeah so my role is the community engagement officer and I have the privilege of getting out and about in the community um, to try and find those hidden carers and engage with carers Um, my role predominantly is around um, networking with organizations and support services as well as schools and other educational um, centers and yes it's all about creating that care awareness um, there's lots of carers out there that don't actually recognize themselves as carers and it's really mm-hmm. important that we make people aware so that they're valued and appreciated and uh, we signpost them to the the, the right supports mm-hmm. I think that is probably the main reason we were interested in talking to you today actually in terms of that what is a carer like and I guess where it's such a blurry kind of line isn't it particularly when a little baby's born um parenting a newborn involves a whole lot of care so sometimes the families that I connect with wouldn't necessarily see themselves as a carer um when their little one is diagnosed with a disability so what is that kind of something you hear and see a lot in your role yeah absolutely I think often um yeah often carers don't recognize themselves as carers and that's exactly why claire has the role that she has i think um especially when 
maybe you're a first-time parent especially and you have nothing to compare your parenting role with. So mm -hmm. you're providing this level of care to your, your new child, as you mentioned. Um, but, yeah, parents are often um, the carers who don't recognise themselves as carers most commonly. Mm. They just see it as their, their, their parental duty, mm. you know, they're, they're looking after their child, doing what every parent does. Mm. Um, and even when a child has additional needs, they just see it as part and parcel of that role. Mm. And I think that probably extends forward across the lifespan as well. Um, we, we meet a lot of families whose um, adult child with a disability is still living at home, perhaps into their 30s or 40s. And um, even then, we often hear from families that they don't necessarily Necessarily see that as you know as a caring role do you find that as well yeah absolutely I think for us like it's most common for carers who might be caring for their parents to mm. identify as carers so you know they've lived a lot of their life not in a caring role and then suddenly their parents might become frail aged or require additional supports and that's when we see a lot of carers identify as carers would you agree Claire? Yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and carers can become carers in, in many different ways as, as we've mentioned um, a child could be born with additional needs mm -hmm. um, sometimes um, carers become a carer without realising it when maybe a family member, you know, a loved one or a close friend or a neighbour suddenly has an accident or maybe diagnosed with an illness. Um, sometimes carers um, can be nominated within the family or they may go into that caring role because there's no one else to be able to offer that support. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways um, carers go into that mm -hmm. caring role. Um, without realising it. And I imagine there are also many people out there who have that carer hat on in so many different capacities. So it could be they're caring for their ageing parents as well as their um, family member with a disability or, or someone with a chronic health condition. Um, is there an actual technical definition of a carer? Yeah, so for us, when we're talking about um, carers, we're referring to the Carer Recognition Act, and that's when carers are doing their role in an unpaid and non-contractual capacity. So that means they're not, they might be getting some sort of allowance from the government in the sense of care payment or care allowance, but they're not being employed to be a carer, mm -hmm. um, or they're not volunteering, or they're not doing their role as some sort of work experience. Mm -hmm. So when we at Carers Queensland, we talk about unpaid family and friend carers, and often we have carers who say, oh, but I am getting paid because I am receiving some sort of allowance or payment um, from the government. But for us, that is not, you're not being employed to no look way. after the person. So yeah, you're still, still unpaid in that. Yeah. Um, and you're not contracted to do that. You're doing that as just part of your life. Yeah. yeah. And, and part of your, you know, family commitment. Yeah. So I Absolutely. think that's a really great distinction to make because I definitely hear that from people mm. all of the time. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of accessing different supports, um, what kinds of supports could a carer in Queensland access through your service? So at Carers Queensland, we have a variety of different programs that carers can access. Um, and they're designed to 
improve the quality of life for that carer mm-hmm. um, and be able to allow them to be able to connect with other services and, and other carers for support. So we've got quite a few programs. Um, uh, one of our most popular programs is our Carer Health and Wellbeing Program. Mm-hmm. And this is designed to um, be able to give something back to carers um, mm-hmm. to be able to enable them to have some respite um, to be able to engage in an activity um, for fun and, and entertainment, but most importantly, you know, to be able to connect with other carers. So um, our Carer Health and Wellbeing Programme, um, every month we have a, a different calendar of events um, and it includes different activities, either face-to-face or online. And sometimes we're able to offer retreats for those carers to come and take part in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we listen to carers as well. So we listen to what they want and we try and incorporate those into the calendar. All the events and activities that we offer are completely free of charge. So whether a carer would like to come and engage in an afternoon lunch or a high tea, um, or maybe an art workshop, um, it's all completely free. There's no charge to carers whatsoever. That's wonderful. I think because I think that's sometimes a big barrier, isn't it? And and that's why I think it's wonderful that you also offer the online side of things, because I imagine there are some carers who just cannot get some care for their Absolutely. And because because we're we're statewide as well, um, you know, we're not always able to get into various locations and particularly with the COVID. Mm. Um so being able to offer things online um is really great for us because carers mm. can connect. Mm-hmm. you know from their own home and um, mm-hmm. what we find is quite often carers um are a little bit anxious sometimes mm-hmm. um getting out and about and, and sometimes meeting other people um so being able to offer activities and events online is wonderful because mm-hmm. they can do that they can have the camera off they don't have to speak if they don't want to and they can do activities from their own home mm-hmm. you know we have things such as quizzes comedy nights um online dance classes, art, workshops. There's there's quite a lot of different things that they're able to do. So there's quite a variety. It sounds like that meets a couple of needs. So that social connection, but also that chance for some carer education and and just that self-care, I guess, Mm. making that time for yourself. Self-care is really important. And we've we've had um, quite a few um, activities based on um, creating that self-care awareness for carers. Mm. Mm. Um, We have one coming up and that's um, about creating a a toolbox um, for dealing with times of stresses and, Mm. you know, knowing exactly how, what to do um, Mm. when people are feeling that kind of um, stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be a good workshop and we also have um, quite a lot of guest, guest speakers and talks mm-hmm. um, as well. And, and Kirsten earlier you mentioned that you can link people or you mentioned the disability, the carer gateway, yeah. I think I've got the terminology not quite right there. No, you're right. Um, yeah. Is that something that you're able to do as well if people need a different layer of carer support? Absolutely. So there has been quite significant changes in the carer services and support space over the last 18 months or so. Um, So what a lot of people previously knew Carers Queensland to provide, we no longer provide um, because of the introduction of uh, the national framework, which is the Carer Gateway. Uh, so here in Queensland, the organisation who is delivering the Carer Gateway services is Wellways. So some carers might be familiar with the term Wellways, others might 
know it as the Carer Gateway. But they can provide support, again, free of charge for carers. Uh, but things like counselling, a respite, planned and emergency. Um, they can do some in-person peer support groups, just mm -hmm. another support service available to carers. So what we can do and part of my role is doing referrals across to the Carer Gateway. So mm -hmm. what that would mean is I have a chat to the carer over the phone or, you know, if we're meeting in person at an event or something like that, mm -hmm. um, I fill out a referral form and it gets sent to the Carer Gateway and that carer would get a phone call directly from the Carer Gateway. That way the carer doesn't have to think, you know, oh, I must call these people or mm -hmm. gosh, where did I put that number or anything like that. They can just sit back and know that, okay, I'm going to receive a phone call. They're going to have mm -hmm. a chat to me and we're going to explore some more services and supports that are available to me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important and a lot of carers think, oh, I must have to choose whether I get support through Carers Queensland, Carer Program or the Carer Gateway. Mm -hmm. um, but we really encourage carers to access both supports because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, here at Carers Queensland, we can't provide the supports that the Carer Gateway does. So we really mm -hmm. encourage carers to access both mm -hmm. the supports. And maybe some people across Queensland aren't aware of mm. the different things that both services or and, and also other services might offer. So I imagine you play a bit of a role there in yeah. letting people know about what else they could tap into. Absolutely. And especially for our new carers in the sense, not necessarily that they're new to the caring role, but maybe new to contacting for support. So for those carers, um, if they haven't already registered with Carers Queensland, uh, the beauty of this connection that we have um, or relationship that we have with the Kerry Gateway is we can do the intake form here at Carers Queensland over the phone. I'd like to say it takes 10 minutes or less, so it's not a long form at all. It's just some personal information, you know, address, date of birth, name, all of those kinds of details. We can have you registered in our system and receiving that calendar of events that Claire was talking about. Um, we can have that all done in about 10 minutes. And for those carers, I can also do the referral form using that exact same information. Mm -hmm. They don't need anything additional. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, being able to explain those two supports but then you know if there's other services out there that I'm aware of myself I can also let them know about those services too so I think I think there's so much value in that mm. because something I hear from the families I'm connected with is that how tiring it is to keep having to tell that story over again so if there's somebody that they trust with you know passing that information on and linking them in in a much more coordinated way absolutely yeah, i think you know when i'm sending across the referral we'll obviously ask questions you know kind of what supports they they might think that they need but the other mm. thing is a lot of carers they don't know what they think they might need because mm. they don't know what's out there um mm. so we also reassure them that you know when they're talking to somebody like the carer gateway they're not expected to know what supports they need. Um, the care mm -hmm. gateway will have that conversation with them and help them identify the supports that they can offer. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's yeah definitely important because people are often retelling their stories so many different times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm conscious too, and I know this is an area you have reached out to me mm -hmm. in relation to in the past, that other people in the family may also actually be carers but maybe their needs aren't being captured yeah. either and I guess I think about siblings or other just other people in the household I think it's definitely definitely something that we come across every day and that's not an exaggeration by any sense and I no. think yeah I think I've got the perfect example of you know without identifying the family it's just I had a mother contact me to register her mother as the carer for her child because you know, the mother would go to work, grandma would come over and look after the child who had a disability. She said, oh, I've heard of, you know, supports available to carers. I really think my mother needs, you know, would benefit from the support. 
I said, absolutely, we can do that. Um, but you're, you're their mother, so therefore you're also a carer. She's like, oh, but I'm working. I said, that's okay. You know, a lot of our carers, and I think we've got some stats here, we've got, you know, 1.5 million carers are working in paid employment as well. So you can still be a carer and still be working. So she's like, oh, okay, so I'm also a carer. So we've gone, we're now registering grandma, we're registering mum. And one of the questions I ask is, you know, who is in the household? Who else lives in the household? And she said, oh, I've got four kids. And I was like, oh, okay, so the three other children, how old are they? Oh, they're, you know, teenagers. Like, you know, they're young carers, you know. So suddenly by the end of the phone call, I've registered a whole family as carers for mm. one child with a disability. So I think that's really powerful too. I think it's the most surprising element yeah. to families that mm. we do meet as well because they just tend to identify maybe um, the parent who's mainly doing that yes. care. Um, but, you know, there's there's the other family members mm. too um, that, that do offer those supports. And it and another thing I, I, I think um, carers are, are quite shocked at as well, it doesn't have to be like the physical support that they're, they're offering. Mm. It can be the emotional supports yes. as well that those family members or friends can provide um, mm. to, to that yeah. loved one who's got additional needs. And I, I guess that is something I'm so pleased you've raised that because mm. I think sometimes um, in my role that can be... Uh, a tricky conversation to have in terms of if I have noticed, you know, when a family are talking to me and I'm wondering about the needs of the other children and, and, and how much support they're providing, you know, just as backup, maybe not necessarily to the person with disability in the family. It could be that they're doing a whole lot more around the house while mum or dad are, are, you know, supporting the little one with a disability. Like, is that the kind of... Absolutely. A situation that you're talking about. And I think often, you know, we have parents who might have other children in the home um, and they may not have, cons- well, firstly, they may not have considered themselves as a carer, as mm-hmm. a parent, but we do start talking about young carers and, and they have concerns maybe about like, oh, they're not providing that physical support or they're not providing X, Y, Z. Um, but for us at Carers Queensland, what we say is that that young person, that child is living in a household with a child mm-hmm. or another person with additional needs. So without mm-hmm. even them realising it, their mm-hmm. day-to-day life is going to be a little bit different. They may have done it all their life, um, but they are providing additional supports in what way that looks is going to be mm-hmm. different for young carer mm-hmm. to young carer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely the case. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's such an important conversation to have. Yes. So, And I imagine with the stat that you just said before, that's a that has to be reflective of more than just the primary person Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, there's multiple, like we're often registering more than one person in a family who is a carer. Mm -hmm. And I think the other key is, you know, they don't have to be the primary carer, but they, they, nor do they have to live in the household. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. I said, with grandma, for example, before Mm -hmm. she's not living in the household, but she's providing a lot of support and care for that child. And she's Um, coming into the household. She's coming into the household. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to live in the household. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of parents don't realize that they think, oh, I'm not living there. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot, but yeah, I'm not living there. So I must not be eligible. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't have to be a relative either. You know, it could be a family friend that helps support Mm -hmm. um, from time to time. They don't have to be doing full-time care you know mm. we have carers that can can maybe care for somebody 24 7 and mm. other carers who may just do a few hours a week mm. um you know we have scenarios where carers 
offer emotional support sometimes to a loved one that doesn't live close by mm-hmm. um, and they're able to offer that support over the telephone mm-hmm. um, so every caring situation is really really unique mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's incredible um, you know we mentioned earlier about dual carers you know mm-hmm. who have got multiple people maybe in a family that, mm. that, that share that support so you can imagine how many other relatives and mm. friends that, that can impact too absolutely with all different needs at different times yeah. and um I think yeah I think I think what I have always valued about being able to refer people on to your service is the fact that it is so easy to qualify for support yes. um we all know that sometimes in other systems that people might um need to be accessing at various points you know particularly government payments or different you know service systems like ndis or education sometimes there can be quite strict criteria around who can reach out and have conversations about needs that are evident but i think that's wonderful that someone could call you and even if it isn't that they necessarily register that they could call and have a conversation Mm -hmm. about Maybe it's a friend or a neighbour supporting a family saying, what else could I be linking this family in? And people don't have to access support straight away. It could be, you know, they might want to register with us and then further down the line, um, Mm. maybe joining some activities or engaging one of the other programs. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's yeah. absolutely no obligation when a person registers. And yes. and like I say, all our supports are free. Um, mm. Quite often people think there's a catch mm. um, to that, mm. um, yeah. but it, it really is. You know, it's mm. as simple as that, just registering and the support's available mm. if people want to access it and put no charge. And I think where I have found that so invaluable in my time here at DSQ is for those families who, for whatever reason, and it's often due to residency requirements, they're not eligible for NDIS mm. supports for their Um, family member with a disability and so quite often they're just at a loss as to what they can access in the community and how that how do they navigate you know life when a lot of the other usual supports that the people around them in the community are able to access they cannot so I know we've had lots of feedback from those families in the past that being able to at least join carer activities through you know those free programs is just invaluable can you tell us a little bit more about the others so you've talked Claire about the carer health and well-being program primarily but what else can you support people with yeah so we've got another program which some carers may be eligible for so this one does have some eligibility requirements in terms of income but it's our no interest loans Uh, so that um, program is available to like like I said uh, low income earners uh, who are carers and that's for things uh, loans up to $1,500 so things that we most commonly see come through would be like car rental or car repairs or maybe the fridge breaks down and you know you weren't expecting that and um, you know being a carer that often comes a lot of additional expenses so money is often tight mm-hmm. um, so having access to a no interest loan for some carers is quite you know the lifesaver in mm-hmm. some circumstances mm-hmm. um, so we do that and we can support carers all across Queensland with that program if they're eligible and I guess what I'd encourage if, if carers don't know if they're eligible or not definitely still have a chat to us mm-hmm. because although we have the eligibility requirements of low income and that they must be a carer um, there's a lot of different no interest loans they're called NILs NILs um, providers across the state are different organizations so The carer may not meet our eligibility requirements, but our team might be able to refer them to a different organisation who they would meet the eligibility requirements. Mm. So definitely still have a chat to us, but I think, yeah, 
once you have one no interest loan, as long as you kind of pay that off or nearly at least paid it off, mm. um, you are entitled if you're still eligible for another no interest loan. Mm. So it's not a, you know, once you've accessed it, you can never access it again. It's not mm. the case with our no interest mm. loan. So it can come in real handy for some mm. carers. Mm. And I think that's good for people who, you know, may have been down Centrelink loans or other yes. kind of loan yeah. schemes and, and been a little bit burnt or worried about that in the past. So yeah. mm. no, it's definitely probably, yeah, another one of our most popular programs. Mm. So, yeah, Claire's mentioned the Care Health and Wellbeing, that's our no interest yeah. loan. We have our Your Caring Way program as well, uh, which is a really lovely program for carers who might want to get into employment opportunities mm-hmm. or perhaps generally upskill and, and partake in some training um, or perhaps even do some volunteering. Um, it's, it's wonderful what the team do there is they help carers identify what skills they have. Quite often when Kirsten and I meet carers um, and tell them about the programme, you know, quite often carers think they're not very skilled at something, particularly if they've been caring for a loved one maybe since they were born and, you know, they're, they're now reaching adulthood. They think that they've got no skills and no experience. But when in fact carers really do, and there's such a lot of transferable skills that the Your Caring Way team can help identify and help put them mm-hmm. a resume together and um, help them help them you know gain some confidence mm-hmm. um, and seek what they want to do. For the eligibility for um, Your Caring Way, obviously the team they would be happy to have a chat with the mm-hmm. carer, um, but on a kind of a base level, the carer needs to be unemployed or underemployed. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. And the other good thing with the Your Caring Way program, for some carers out there who, for whatever reason, may no longer be in their caring role, as long as they have been a carer uh, within the last two years, mm-hmm. they are still eligible for that program. So sure. that's um, a little bit of a unique, uh, I guess, eligibility there mm. in the sense of the other Carers Queensland programs you do need to be a current carer mm. but for your caring way it can be within the last two years. I think that's so wonderful because there are many reasons that mm. you know a, a, an adult child with a disability might get to a point where they want to move out of home yeah. or you know and the, the parent who has done the primary mm. amount of that caring might be like wow what does that mean for me now? Yeah you know, especially if it's been a significant period of time. Absolutely. And with um, at Carers Queensland, we also have a registered training organisation. So what that means is it can work closely with your caring way around some subsidised courses and study options for carers as well. So Mm. there's a variety of different courses that our RTO offers, um, Mm. both in person and online. So there's Mm. a few different options there for carers who are wanting to go down the study route. Yep. But in saying that, some carers want to just get straight into employment, yeah, be it full-time, yeah. part-time, casual, mm. self-employed. We mm. can help them with all of mm. those. So. You touched before on the word underemployed, and yeah. I think that's so important. It, I I hear that from families all the time, that, you know, maybe they worked full-time, but now they have to fit into, you know, one or two days a week within school hours because of, you know, not being able to access um, appropriate after school care or whatever it looks like and the other time that I see that happen a lot is when a um a a child with disability is it actually becomes a young adult transitions out of high school and suddenly you know um parents are faced with who how do I you know our NDIS package covers a certain amount of of a week it doesn't cover everything um is that something is that another point where you see yeah absolutely and I think with um 
kind of the the underemployed as well. It's what you're carrying away and just Carers Queensland more generally are trying to do is create some care awareness in regards to organisations and businesses who are employing carers. Mm-hmm. So therefore, maybe it might be increased flexibility around work times, work hours, flexibly work from home, mm-hmm. um, whatever it may be to say, look, yes, these carers may need greater flexibility, mm-hmm. but they have just as much skills and mm-hmm. they are just as worthy of this position as anybody else if mm-hmm. only there was some flexibility for them to continue mm-hmm. to meet their mm-hmm. caring needs. So it is a big part of what the organisation here at Carers Queensland is doing as well, is trying to get more and more carer-friendly businesses because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of carers, they say, look, I just I don't think an employee would get what I need Mm. so it's easier Mm. for me just not to work because Mm. I don't want to let them down Mm. Um, and I think if only they could connect with an employee or an employer or an organization who kind of got it that's fantastic Mm. and I think probably COVID has really taught the world Mm. that flexibility actually is (laughs) doable and and yeah people can Hats off to all those carers out there who have held down jobs oh, and I, remotely absolutely. schooled children and, yeah, all of yeah. that. And I think with with carers as well, like, you know, like Claire touched on, they come to us and they say, like, I've been caring my whole life. I, I don't know what skills I could bring. It's like you are probably the, the best multitasker and flexible person in the world to be a carer. You're managing so many different things already. So mm. imagine bringing that from, yeah. from all avenues of their caring role, you know, through mm. organisation, through, you know, giving medication to mm. um, advocacy, to cooking, you know, all these kind of things. They become an expert of that person and they, they certainly have such a lot of transferable skills that they can utilise. Mm. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Are there any other aspects to Carers Queensland work? I know some years ago there was a bit of work going on and it may not be around anymore around helping carers plan for the future and succession Uh, planning. So we do have not so much, but what we do have is our guardianship and advocacy program, so GAP for short. Um, We have one lovely lady um, based here in Eight Mile Plains who's covering the entire state and she has done so for very many years. Um, So our guardianship and advocacy program really is focused on helping carers to navigate the legal system and QCAT when they're trying to support their person that they care for who has impaired decision-making. So um, be that uh, guardianship for the person or public trustee, whatever it might be, um, our guardianship and advocacy worker can help navigate that system because it can be so overwhelming and often Mm. carers will just say, oh, that's too hard. Mm. And then they get themselves into a situation where it's suddenly required Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Annette is the lady who does that um, for us in the guardianship and advocacy program. And is that a free? It support is a free. As well? Yeah, absolutely. So all the support through Carers Queensland is Wonderful. entirely free. Um, and yeah, so she can offer. You know, if although she's in Eight Mile Plains, if you're up in Cairns, she yep. can definitely support you over the phone. Yeah. Um, and she's has got a lot of experience doing so that's wonderful to hear. Mm-hmm. Thank we, you. We we really rely on our carers um, to be able to. Um, you know help us with our policy submissions and mm. they're the voice you know mm. they're the experts in this field and so what we have as well is we have a program um of carer project officers and what they do is they go out um into the community in particular regions and liaise with um the carers mm. and um we have carer advisory groups, so we have um, specific groups where carers um, are able to give us a real insight into the life of, of being in that role um, and 
you know, have their voices and mm-hmm. the voices heard and, and show any any gaps in services that we can, you know, mm-hmm. best support. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, care advisory groups for male carers, um, uh, families of a child with a disability, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. Um, we have a general carer group, um, a carer group for um, people with a mental health condition. And we do support um, young carers as well. Um, yes. So we also have um, a young carer program called It's All About Me. Um, which is currently being um, held in Rockhampton at the moment, but it's um, authorised by the World Health Organisation and um, it's lovely. Um, It coincides with school terms and it's about resilience and confidence building for um, the young carers. Um, Through play, um, Mm -hmm. they're able to do confidence building and um, really develop them skills. Um, Young carers often have go through an emotional, a roller coaster of emotions mm. so it helps them identify the feelings and ha- coping strategies mm. when they're, they're feeling emotionally drained or stressed mm. um, and yeah it's such a wonderful program and we also have an adult resilient program as well um, for the parents who look after a child with a disability um, okay. And again, it gives them the, the coping strategies as well. Um, but we, we do do a lot of things for, for young carers too, um, mm-hmm. particularly in child care health and wellbeing program. I think our young carers, and we've touched on it already, is they're often are kind of hidden or forgotten about carers, not because what they do is not important. It's just they're often forgotten. Or, I mean, we've been at some schools recently and we're connecting with the high school students and through conversations, we're helping them identify as carers. And it's really interesting hearing the conversations between students saying, I didn't know you're a carer. What does that mean? Oh, you have a you know, have a um, brother with a disability. Wow, I didn't know that. What do you do for him? Um, like stats currently saying like two to three young carers in every Australian classroom. So again, that's stats in the sense that those young carers have identified as a young carer. So mm-hmm. how many more young carers are out there? Who really knows? But mm-hmm. that's another thing that Carers Queensland is doing and what Claire and myself are a big part of is, like Claire mentioned at the start, is creating that care awareness so we can get these, some of these pro- programs mm-hmm. off the ground connected mm-hmm. to more carers um, and just helping people, be it organisations, be it small community groups or schools, just mm-hmm. get them to know what a carer mm-hmm. is and the support's mm-hmm. available to them. And I guess, in summary, try to remove some of the stigma associated oh, with that word, that this is not about, it's a negative association, yeah. it's an acknowledgement of the amazing work that people do. One, one thing uh, Kirsten and I often say with our information sessions is we will all either um, care for somebody in our life or require the support of a carer. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think I think that's really prevalent because... You know, we never know what's around the corner. Mm. Um, we, you know, yeah. we, we don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. it's it's really important that carers are recognised and um, mm. are able to access these supports. Mm. And, you know, carers do it tough. Thank you so much, Kirsten and Claire, for joining us today to have a really in-depth conversation about the support available for carers throughout the state via Carers Queensland. If you would like to reach out to Carers Queensland, you can approach them by calling 1300 747 636. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. 
for more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Down syndrome Queensland website at downsyndrome.org.ie slash QRD. Down syndrome Queensland, supporting people with Down syndrome now and into the future.